When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. This is episode number 110. The show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation, of course, your home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please give us a follow on social media, subscribe to that YouTube channel, click the bell for notifications and you'll get a, a little notification every time we go live or upload a new show. And, of course, you can download the audio versions of all the shows and series that we produce uh, at your favourite podcast or radio platform. And uh, if you want to keep it football, follow at AC Footy Show on all social media platforms. But um, just as we wait for those uh, various platforms to fill up a little bit, um, big thank you to Black Diamond Sports as ever for all their support around the show and the channel. Black Diamond Sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world. For more information visit their social media pages, or of course their website, the links to which are in the description below, and the closing credits at the end of the show. And uh, the sponsor of today's show is Bespoke Financial. Darren Ralston uh, of Bespoke Financial is giving away a free will worth £140 with a new po- every new policy which is taken out. So uh, please check him out, check out that offer because it is an incredible offer. He's looked after Andy for many years with various policies, including the critical illness uh, injury cover. They are top of their field, award-winning service, and uh, we are very proud to partner with such a top-class brand. So I urge you to uh, to give them a call, see if there's something there for you. But um, as ever, I'm uh, joined by uh, the Gold Collector. The fox in the box. He is still the king of the second worst town in the UK. Ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, David Jones' favourite son. The speed demon. The goal machine, Mr Andy Campbell. How are you, mate? Can't hear you. You're muted. 
Juice. That might not be true anymore now. That might be the worst town in the history. He might, he might, he might have mm. beaten Scunthorpe. You know what I mean? So you, you just never know. Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long, another, another, another long testing week. But uh, but we got there. Another live guest coming on, and uh, this one's going to be um, this one's going to be good because we've had we've had a lot of um, uh, debates and 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 conversations, especially me and you about um, about officials refereeing. Good things of things that have been good. Things what have gone bad. Things what didn't need changing have been changed. Need to go back to, to go, go back to where square one. And I'm sure we'll get we'll get some great opinions and uh, some honesty from uh, from our guests tonight. We look forward. Hey, Andy. To- oh, yeah. Andy Orca says, "Wish you were muted when you played, mate." <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. It's on. Uh, uh, so I'll tell you straight away. I just seen an absolute belter of a question straight away which is uh, i'm really looking forward to tonight's show uh, just before i do introduce our guest for this evening i very very quickly want to say happy birthday to my youngest son who is 12 today thing three and uh, we'll call him for the sake of the show but uh, happy <laughs> birthday to him because i know he does watch now and again but uh, yeah the youngest one is 12 you know you're getting old um but i am absolutely delighted and thrilled to welcome tonight's guest ex-Premier League referee, Mr Mark Halsey. How are you, Mark? Evening, guys. Hi, Andy. How are we? Hi, Mark. Yeah, great to have you on, Mark. Really appreciate it. Uh, I probably won't be saying that in about an hour, but... I hope you're all staying safe and your listeners are all safe, you know, staying safe and everything's going good. Yeah, 100%. quality, mate. Absolutely. So, uh, Mark, what we like to do to start us off is uh, we've got a, a couple of features or games to let the let the viewers get a feel for your tastes and a bit about you. So uh, the first thing is called The Magnificent Seven. Uh, it's seven quick-fire questions where you just give the uh, the first answer which springs to mind. And uh, it's uh, always a good one. But uh, we haven't done it for a few weeks. So uh, no. it's, come, it's back. Back for a reappearance, so uh, let's go with the Mark Halsey Magnificent Seven. Okay, here we go. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Favorite TV show? Um. Oh. Favorite TV show? Oh, I've got, I've got, um, I've got, many, I've got many. Um, oh, what's my favorite? Oh, it's gone right out of the head. Girl boy, girl boy, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Only fools and horses. Only fools. Classic. Yeah. Only fools and horses. Yeah, we Do you know what? It's funny that we haven't had that one, have we? By anybody? No. So it's no. It's uh, strange that yeah. normally you'd think that would be one which would come up a lot. Um, yeah. Next question is the funniest referee or linesman that you ever worked alongside, with an example, if possible. Oh, the funniest. Oh, the funniest. Um, I think for personality, you wouldn't believe it, but um, Lee Mason was one of the, off, off the off the field, he was most probably one of the fun, funniest referees. You know, he just had uh, all the accents, all, 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 all the voices, especially he'd done Brian Clough superbly. Um, <laughs> not, so, not so sure about him on the field, but off the field, he was, uh, he's, uh, he was, he was a character. You know, he's real funny. Um, and I feel like we might get into this subject a bit later, but just as a straight answer, VAR or no VAR? VAR. Okay, interesting. If, 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 you know, operate correctly. Yes, um, that is something I think we might discuss at some point <laughs> tonight. Um, the angriest official that you worked alongside... Oh, angriest. 
that's a tough one. Angriest. Um, what, behind the scenes or on the field? Yeah, just generally fiery, I suppose. Uh, um, I suppose... I don't, uh, listen, that's a, that's, a, that's a difficult one. There's not, there's not re- one really I could say is very fiery. Um, there's plenty okay. of them. I mean, some of us have lost it a few times in our dressing rooms, like myself <laughs> and uh, um, Mike Dean. Klatz, Mark Clattenberg could have been, you know, sort of been one as well. So, um, yeah, I suppose there's a, there's a couple of names there. Cool. Uh, hardest the referee, Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira? Ooh. I, I would say they're on they're, they're on equal equal terms. Brilliant, <laughs> fantastic to referee both of them, but on equal terms. You know, you, what you saw is what you got. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. Uh, no messing around with those two, I guess. And it's the best. It's the best way, though. It's, it's the best way. So it's what you want. It's what you want, isn't it? Absolutely. What you see is what you get. Yeah, absolutely. Keep, keep um, on your feet. Keep yeah. on your toes, I should say. And uh, the final question of the magnificent seven, as ever, is: Who is the greatest Englishman who's ever lived? It does not have to be football related. Oh, flipping great! Oh, great! Um, greatest Englishman, I suppose. You've got to go all the way back to. Um, so Winston Churchill, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only one that has yeah. come up multiple times, isn't he? Like anyone yeah. else has been kind of different versions, different people depending yeah. on their interests. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's, it's a good one though. Yeah. It's, it's it's not too it's not too common, but it's uh, it's it's always a good uh, it's always a good to go to. I mean, it might just got to look back. If it weren't for you know, it doesn't get any back, bigger. It doesn't get any bigger. We most we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now. Yeah, I wouldn't have a history if it wasn't for uh, wasn't for people like that. So. Spot on. Yeah. And uh, next up, we have uh, the Tell Me Why game. It's a brand new feature which we do. So basically, I uh, pick three questions and uh, you and Andy take turns. You've got 60 seconds to answer the question. Um, so it's always fun. You're not allowed to go over your 60 seconds and uh, you've got to try and get. Why, talking the yellow card? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, do you know, I. <laughs> Uh, when we had Jeff Winter on, I had my uh, my yellow card and my red card from when my uh, sons played football, and someone said, "Make sure you bring it tonight." And I completely forgot. So it's. Uh, don't worry, Jeff. I did. Jeff. Jeff. I did. Don't worry about yeah, that. Great lad, Jeff. Great lad. Jeff sleeps. Jeff sleeps with his. Well, well we, we we go back a long way, me and Jeff. I nearly put him out. Of his, uh, he was down the referee in the FA Cup final. And I nearly put him out of the game. <laughs> oh, did Jeff? You know. No, he's a he's a good man. He's a good man, Jeff. Think about. He's a good man, Jeff. Uh, he's, he's 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 been really good to me over my over my life, my career. I still uh, I still keep in touch with him now. Yeah, he um he's been he's been good to me since I since you introduced me to uh, to him and he's been uh, he's been really cool. I spoke to him a few times. Obviously, when we did the show on the uh, the Friday, I think me and him spent most of it arguing. But uh, <laughs> you did, yeah. I was uh, I was just I was just a referee in the middle. That's what I was. I was just a referee, just all in the back. It was like uh, Andy was watching Lucky tennis. Lucky didn't get his one the next side. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, okay, so uh, for each subject, you get sixty seconds. And uh, let's get going. Hey, okay, okay. So which one do I go with? Do I go with the easy one first or the, the slightly the more difficult one? Tell you what, Je- uh, I called you Jeff then. Uh, Mark, which one would you rather go first or second? Sounds going a bit funny there, guys. All right, uh, is that a bit better now? 
You're in and out. You're in and out. You're in and out. Is there? Okay. Um, right, Andy, you go first then, mate. Um, so we got the first. Uh, the first question is: uh, Lionel, Lionel Messi scored his six hundred and fiftieth goal this week. Who's better, Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi, and why? Your sixty seconds start now. Um, the way the way that I look at it probably is on um, on like a bit likability as in as in the way that I like to be played and I think Ronaldo's got the all all round package for me. Mark picked him as his um, as his best out of the two. He's got the all round package. He's good in the air. He's good with his feet. He scores goals. He leads by example. You know what I mean? He's he's a he's a gorgeous looking man as well, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's um, he's he's got everything off the pitch in the right manner. He seems to do everything in the right on, on the on the pitch. And the thing what sticks out for me is he's tried his trade in different countries. He's played in his home his home uh, country in Portugal for Sporting Lisbon. Came up in the Premier League. He he, he nailed that um, as a, as, a, as a young man. Um, passed out with flying colours, went to Real Madrid, did the same thing again. And he's tried it now in another country and, he, and he's doing it again. And, and I see this continuing. I don't see him um, ever failing forever uh, for any any club he goes to. And, and with his country as well, he's had success as well. So I think you're judged on, on club and country and he's, uh, he ticks both boxes. Time is up. Good uh, Well done, Andy. You used up your, your full 60 seconds. Impressive. Because uh, the other week, uh, last week, you didn't. So that was good. Um, so, Mark, same question for you. Who's better, Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi? Your 60 seconds start now. Uh, same, Ronaldo for me. I mean, Messi, I mean, listen, Messi's a wonderful player. Um, but he's only done it. He's only done it in in Spain in the Liga, and he's not really done it as well playing for his country, Argentina. So, he, Ronaldo, who's done it in the English Premier League, he's done it in the Liga. He's now in Syria. He's done it internationally as well for Portugal. So, you know, I've got a couple of funny stories to tell about him, but I can't say it in a minute. But um, yeah, for me, Ronaldo, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a fair shout, Mark. I think you've got a bit of time left, but I'll uh, I'll let you off because it was the first go. And also, I think it's difficult going second because a lot of the points get taken by the person who goes first. Um, look, for me, like you guys have both just said, Ronaldo that has not only done it in various at the top leagues, uh, he's won trophies and done it at the top level. Like uh, you know, he's won trophies, he's broken records. He hasn't just gone over there and done quite well. He's kind of tore up the league and done exceptionally well. Um, and that, for me, there'll always be that question mark over Messi on there. But if he came to the Premier League, would he have been able to do it? He hasn't stuck in his comfort zone, has he? I think that, that, that's the point for me. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Listen, Mark just said it there. Messi is an absolute phenomenal footballer. You know what I mean? The, the, what, what he does, the way he glides past players. There's no, there's no player like mm. him. There's no player who does the things that he does. But Ronaldo has, has just done it in every single league, you know, and he's, he's won all these trophies at different clubs. He's just he's just something else. He's something else. Spot on, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I refereed him playing in the Premier League and uh, I refereed him playing in the Premier League and playing for his country. So, um, yeah, listen, I mean, I had the opportunity to referee me, but um, I retired from international football when, I mean, when Messi started coming onto the scene around but to say I mean some of these I mean his attributes and some of the, the, the one I mean they're both scoring goals but as I said I think for me Ronaldo you know he's, he's done it in, in the three best leagues in, in the world hasn't he 
Yeah, and well, and and the leagues where apparently defenses are the strongest in the world as well. You know what I mean? So it's it's a testament to the man. You know what yeah. I mean? He's broke real records, yeah. and Italy's supposed to be the hardest league defensively, and he's he's older, more experienced, but he's lost that. Well, he's look, apparently he's lost the pace and he's lost certain things, and you know what I mean. For me, don't be disrespectful. You know what I mean? You're judged on what you can do, and and he's he's won. He won the he won the league last year. He's won the super, he's won the Super Cup this year. So. And, and to, to be fair, he's, 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 he's great off the field because I had the opportunity to, when he was at Madrid um, and Jose Mourinho was manager there, I got invited out there myself and went out there to what, you know, by Jose and watched, watched Real Madrid. He put us, you know, we had, we had dinner in the hotel with him, um, talking to him, him and Ramos and they're all, all got whinging about referees and then obviously into his box um you know, during the game, so he's, I mean, off the pitch, he's 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 a lovely lovely fellow worth, and really, you know, really gives a, a cool feeling towards people. I don't believe Mourinho was was whinging about referees. Surely not. No. Surely not. <laughs> Sergio was. I can assure you. <laughs> that I can imagine. That's one hundred percent. Okay, uh, just before we move on to the next question of this, I wanted to ask you, in one word, Andy, would you like to see Ronaldo come to the Premier League to finish his career? Uh, I, I probably not, no. I think he's done, he's done what he needs to do now. I don't see, I don't see any, any reward in him coming back for himself or not personally. You know, I'd like to see him probably go to another country, maybe the MLS, and, and finish off on a big stage and, and push another, another, another level of football to try and get the MLS... Bigger and better again, you know what I mean? Like David Beckham's trying and Phil Neville's over there now, but I don't think he's got anything to prove. And if he came back and he failed, I'd be gutted because I'd, I'd, I'd leave a legacy. You know what I mean? He's left that legacy. You know what I mean? Don't don't ruin it for me. Yeah, you want him to finish on a high, didn't you? Mm. He deserves like him and Messi. They deserve to go out at the very top of the game. Yeah, you wouldn't want to see him kind of come back and. No not do so well. If there was a guarantee, so, if there's a guarantee, then yes, but there's no guarantee, is it? Because, you know what I mean? Yes, he's got with top side, but listen, Gareth Bale's come back and I watched Gareth Bale the other day and, and he, he looks, day, he? yeah, he looks like a different player and I feel sorry for him. He looks, he looks out of his depth at times and because the, the pace is quicker, he's lacking practice, football, game, sharpness, fitness, speed. He's, he's, he doesn't look like the same player. Um, the second question for Tell Me Why is... Uh, why is the championship more entertaining than the Premier League? And uh, Mark, you can go first with this. Uh, you're 67. What was that? Why is the that... championship more entertaining? But, yeah. Yes. Why is the championship more entertaining than the Premier League? Sorry, was it, was it? What was the question? Why is the championship more entertaining than the Premier League? Oh, why is it more entertaining? Um, I, 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 that's a good question. When I watch my team, it's not been entertaining. I can assure you. I suppose that. Um, I mean, I look at if you look at League One and League Two um, and the Championship. They're all they're all fantastic leagues. I think you can. I think the fans. If you look at the Championship, it's 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 watched more than Syria in Italy. There's more fans that go to. I mean, when the fans are allowed, obviously. There's more fans watch the championship than what there is in in Syria. Um, I think. <laughs> listen, I, I think perhaps the officials let a lot more go. There's no VAR involved in in the championship. That adds it obviously 
for more excitement. You're not you're not got long delays like we're seeing in in uh, in, in the Premier League. And I suppose, look at it. I think the players in the Championship, League One and League Two, you could argue and say they're more honest. They're more Sorry, honest than what Mark. you see in 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 the, in the Premier League. And yeah, and if you look, I mean, what what annoys me about about in the Premier players, you know. To, Players make it so difficult for referees. I mean, I, I mean, and Andy appreciate this. I mean, when you're watching football now, it makes it's the job so much harder for referees, especially at the top level, because you know, for me, football's a contact sport, and any little bit of contact now, they're going down, they're screaming, and that makes it hard for the referee because then the referee's thinking, "Hang on, is he being called there?" You know, so when a player goes down screaming, a referee will err on a caution and give the free kick. It's so difficult for the for 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 referees in in, in today's game. But listen, I, I think as you say, the, the championship and in the football field, you know, challenges go in, and nine times out of ten, the referees will will allow a lot of physical uh, physical challenges, and it makes it yeah. for more a more exciting game. And honestly, yes. I think if you've done a poll now, championship fan, guys that watch the championship wouldn't want VAR involved in in the championship. No. Nope. No, we talk about that quite often, and don't we? That we uh, we don't want VAR anywhere near the uh, the championship. No, no, I, well, no, I, I, I don't, I don't. But then I did, I did contradict myself um, last weekend when Michael had probably seen the game when uh, the horrific injury to Dale Fry in the middle of a Blackburn game where he got kicked in the face, and um, it was just, it, you know, no, what I mean, was an, that was an awful, that was an awful challenge. Yeah, it yeah. was. You know, what I mean, people, are, people, people are, are, are questioning the player. He was a young boy. He's unknown from Everton. Not his fault. People are questioning the referee. For me, it's it's a case of referees have to see those kind of things, and he should have seen it, and but he didn't. And he's and he and apparently he did hold his hands up after the game to uh, to Neil Warnock and say that, which is for me, it's a little bit of honesty, a little bit of transparency. Is, I, I think it's good because. People and referees, especially, they're not in. They're not in this game like you were back in back in the day when I played. They're not in it to, to watch players get hurt. You know, what I mean, injuries are part of the game, but you know, what I mean, injuries like that sometimes that, that they happen because of people's footwear as well. Studs are made differently than they were back in the day. We've got blades now, which they're like ice skates that can cut you straight away. And, and if, if if you get a boot in the face, the studs are meticulously spaced out. So. You know what I mean? There's a good chance it is going to go in the eye anyway. It's just yeah. a, it's one of those things which is just a complete accident. And I, I said it when it happened. He didn't mean it, and I still stick by it to this day. Yeah, it was just one of those things. Um, me personally, I don't want VAR anywhere near the championship. Um, just I've not been impressed with the way the Premier League has used it. Uh, I don't think they're using it correctly, which is a problem for me. Uh, but we'll get to that. Um, okay, to uh, last uh, last question of tell me why then. Um, which is a fun one. I like this one. Uh, Andy, your turn to go first, mate. Um, who is the one best pundit on UK broadcast for football? You're only allowed to pick one and tell me why they are the best. Uh, your time starts now. Um, I'm going to go for Roy Keane, only because he entertains me every time I watch him. It's his facial expressions. I wouldn't say he's the most knowledgeable, you know what I mean? But I just like the way he handles himself on TV. I like the way that he that he argued with uh, Mika Richards, Jamie Carragher, Gary Neville, um, and all the other guys on, on Sky Sports. I just think he, he knows his stuff. He's very arrogant, in a good way, by the way, about how he handles himself, about his knowledge of the game. And, and he always refers to back in the day, which, you know what I mean? You can only judge by how good you were on and off the pitch. He... He demanded success. He demanded quality. 
Um, and he's still doing that to this day on, on live TV. And I, I just think it's a credit for um, a broadcast broadcaster to, to get the best of the best. They've got the cream of the crop and, um, and long may that continue. But I think it only worked when you've got a, a pair, you know what I mean, the Jamie Carragher and um, Gary Neville pair and um, Roy and uh, Mika Richards. They just work absolutely impeccably well. And they bounce off each other. It's, it's a laugh and a joke. And, and I can imagine off camera, it's not as serious as it is on camera. And uh, that's your time up, mate. Um, Mark, I was just going to say very quickly, if you are having some issues with the connection, if you go back out and then come back into the link, that should reset it a bit. Um, but if it's all right at the moment, then obviously crack on. Um, okay, Mark, uh, for you, who is the one best pundit on UK football TV? Time starting now. Um, for me, I, I, I love listening to, to, to Gary Neville. I think he, he's, he's honest. Um, he's unbiased. Um, you know, even if he, his team, we know he's a Manchester United fan and he's, he's not, not scared to, to, to criticise um, his team. And I, I think also he tries to be fair with, with, and honest with, with his... Um, he talk, and for me, he talks a lot of good sense. And, and the same with uh, Andy, uh, the new, new kid on the block, um, Michael Richards. I think he, he adds a little bit of um, entertainment to, to, to and, 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 and um, he's fun as well. So I can imagine off, off camera with them all. And as I say, you know, Roy Keane, he's very, very good as well. So I think if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at a, a package, I think, um, I think, you know, th those three, Gary Neville, Michael Richards and, uh, and um, Roy Keane, I think... Uh, they're, they're, you know, and the, all, all you want from a pundit is honesty, and I think that that's that's what you get from those guys. Yeah, agree. Uh, and that's your time. And do you know what? Andy? I agree. Um, that's why I believe that the current set of pundits which Sky Sports have now are the best collective of pundits that we've probably ever had. Because, um, like, when I was growing up, and you had like Match of the Day and and Sky Sports and things like this. The pundits didn't want to say, they didn't want to upset anyone. They didn't want to upset former teammates. They didn't mm -hmm. want to upset officials at clubs. So they kind of sat on the fence a lot. Whereas, you know, Roy Keane does not sit on the fence. Jamie no. Carragher does not sit on the fence. The same as Gary Neville. Um, BT Sport, um, I feel like they've got a bit more of a mixed bag. I think Rio Ferdinand's very good. Um, I think Owen Hargreaves is very knowledgeable. Um but I get a bit lost sometimes in his... I like Robbie Savage as well. Um, well, they've, so they've, that, they've tried to go down the... Fun, they've, they've tried to go down the fun route. They're bringing Peter Crouch in. You know what I mean? He's got a... He's, he's very good on social media. People really like him. They can relate to him. You know what I mean? He, he's very honest. He's very open. He just tries to make fun of it, which is which is great. And You know what I mean? You, you talk about there about Sky Sports back in the day. It was, it was um, Andy Gray and uh, Richard Keyes and... You know, there wasn't really a. It was just a duo. They, they did everything. They did everything from the from the live games to to to, to everything in the studio, and it was just um, yeah, very strange, very very strange to what it is now. Where it is now, it's it's an entertainment show. It's a pull package, and um, and I think that's what I really like. Sometimes I get to, I get a bit disappointed when my favourite pundits not on the game, and you know what I mean? Because Jamie Carragher, uh, sorry, J Jamie Redknapp, I like at times, but he has to be with the right right person, right yes. people. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. Do you know? Um, the BT one's a bit weird for me. Like sometimes I, I really enjoy it, and then other times I can't. 
I find it almost unwatchable. And that, you know, that is just personal taste. It's, it's subjective at the end of the day, isn't it? In terms. Of I also like what, as well about the referees enjoy. as well having having referees there to give yeah, their opinions and stuff like because that. because I I like that I like that that players don't know everything, pundits don't know anything. You know, I mean about refereeing and, and about the laws because we can we can look at the laws and look them on paper, but it's it's picking the bones out of the laws. And Mark will tell you, you know, what I mean the laws say one thing, but they probably mean another. You know what I mean? And, and they come across another and. And it's so difficult, and so you know, what I mean, sometimes it needs to be black and white. And they, the way that the, some of the referees speak about it, it's, it makes it clear just just listening to them. But if you read the you read the rules, it just it just looks well, so confusing. Don't, 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 don't get me started on that subject. I mean, <laughs> as as much as as much as I respect him and love him to the bits, Dermot Gallagher talks absolute nonsense. Yeah, it was, Sky. When, um, yeah. it was better, better when they had uh, they had Howard Webb, wouldn't they, for a, for a season. I thought he did that job very well. I think that was on BT, uh, yeah. if I'm correct. Yeah, there was one on BT. He, yeah, he was on, uh, Howard was BT Sport, wasn't he? Yeah, Howard yeah. Was BT yeah I thought Sport. he did a good, great yeah, job. But then, but then all of a sudden he vanished, though. He, just, he hasn't been on for quite a while, so I don't know if they just stopped having a referee. But when, or... when, when, like, like, say, like, and, like Andy says, when you, do, when you do that, you've got to... You can't, you can't sit, on, you cannot sit on the fence. You've got to be honest. You can't defend the indefensible. You've got to, you've got to put it, put put your criticism across constructively, but also inform in the viewers of the game. You know, so and sometimes we don't really get that from them, do we? No, no, we do not. Well, I think that I think that goes on to a point now, Mark. That that that, that was one of the points that I want to talk to you about then about um, about referees coming out now and then and then explaining decisions. You know, what I mean, like managers get a, a microphone thrown into their faces straight after a game. Players get a, an interview straight away, good and good and bad, about some of the things that they do. Should referees have to explain some of the decisions? Well. I think it's difficult. I think because they be, they began on to them about oh this referee done this week and referee such and such referee done that the week before. I think long as they're consistent within that ninety minutes and and you ask the specific questions of the key matches during that game, I think um, then it should not the referees but in the Premier League they have they have a delegate system where an ex player. Uh, an ex-manager actually works for the Premier League and goes and assesses the referee's performance for the Premier League. Um, so, obviously, they go into the dressing room after the game because on the Premier League, they don't have an assessor um, like right. they have in, in the Championship. They don't have an assessor there now. It's an evaluation right, okay. system where a, um, a, 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 a former referee will watch the DVD and mark their performance on did they get it right, did they get it uh, and they get a tick and... and with with the Premier League system, we actually go into the dressing room at the end and talk about obviously their key match decision making, their man management, and their fitness. Um, so I think after every Premier League game, that delegate they goes as I said, he goes into the dressing room, speaks to the referee about his performance. If there was any key match incidents where they that were controversial, they can talk about it in the dressing room. And then for me, I think. The delegate then should go in front of the, the media, go in front of the cameras, just like managers, the Madu and, and some players, and then talk about what he spoke with the referee and the reason why he gave a decision. Because I think you know yeah. a lot of the referees are not media trained, and you, they, they can get caught out. And then obviously, yeah. you know that pe- uh, um, people will, and then and obviously hang them out. Right. Yeah, no, so, I, I totally, I totally agree. I think it's, a, I think it's, I think. It's, 
and because it, 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 it sits, you know, with, with as you and so I think on that basis, Mark, can you hear Mark's connection uh, just broken up a bit. He'll be back in a so second. I, um, I think I think that's a really good idea, though, because um, yes, the referees aren't there to be um, to be embarrassing, giving a hard question in front of them. But I think it's a really good idea that, that, that they tell somebody why they did it and they come out and explain their decision because, you know, I mean, there, there are there are some strange decisions. You know, what I mean, I, I watched again the other day and um, Dean Smith was making a laugh and a joke that um, Matty Cash doesn't have a, a fat backside like uh, John McGinn had, and that would have been offside. And, and for me. Just explain things and just explain, you know what I mean, about, about handball. So why didn't I give the handball? I didn't give the handball because I seen it flick off the, I seen it flick off the thigh. I seen him turn his back so it's impossible for us if I was out to be above his head. You know what I mean? If, if I know what's going through your head, then I respect your decision. Whereas if I think he hasn't given it because he never gives it to Man United or never gives it to Tottenham and never gives it to Middlesbrough, then I start to build a picture. And the bigger picture I build then becomes not a very nice picture and, and then it becomes... Um, uh, that he never gives this, he never gives that. And I think sometimes it's a little bit unfair. Right. I, are you still there, Andy? Because Absolutely, my, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened then. It just, all my connections just went whoop and everything yeah. dropped. Yeah, but oh, we're yeah. back. Um, so I don't quite know what happened then. Um, hopefully Mark will be back in a, just a second. But yeah, you're right. About it. And the, the thing which I was saying to you yesterday about refereeing is back in the day, um, you had referees like Uriah Rennie, Graham Paul, um, Mark Halsey. What was, a famous, what, what was a famous Italian one? What was he called? Collini. Collini, yeah. Um, Collini. And you had like uh, Keith Hackett, uh, Mark Clattenburg, David Ellery, you know, there's endless... But they all had personalities. They all had different personalities. And what they would do is they would deal with players in different ways. But they would make the big decisions. Sometimes they got them wrong. But they would take responsibility. Um, and you always felt like they were taking responsibility for their decisions. And now I do feel like the lack of individual personalities in these referees. And I don't know whether it's been an instruction from the, the bosses where they're, you know, where they're telling them, keep it professional and don't get involved in chitter chatter just you know mm. try and just get on with the job or just whatever. do your job yeah but isn't but it, it, it's, isn't that it almost it, robotic mate but isn't that isn't that what's wrong with football though we spoke on the championship show we spoke on here about the the distance between players and fans for example you know what i mean if the distance between players and fans um is big, you know. What I mean, the distance between referees and players, and referees and fans, is even bigger. So if if, if it's even bigger with us, then it, for me, it becomes a problem. You know what I mean? Because the players and, and the referee are on the same pitch. You know what I mean? If there's if there's a if there's a communication issue and you're not talking to me, so to speak, um, then it's um, it's 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 not really viable. You know what I mean? For me, it's got to be consistent, and there's got to be a there's got to be a good relationship. Yeah, like one of my other issues with the the refereeing systems is the fact that they, if they have a bad game, or they're marked down in however they do it, they get moved down to the championship in the football league. I yeah. don't like that because I feel like why should the championship, particularly when there's so much money involved, why should the championship be punished by having the referees which are not performing to the best of their ability at that given time? I, I just feel like that is, there's something wrong there. However, whilst I don't like it, I do understand it. Like, that is the natural kind of thing to do, isn't it? Is to 
promote and relegate depending on performance. But maybe it should be an end of season thing, not a current season. Or like maybe they should do it in the transfer windows or something. Do you know what I mean? Like relegate and promote a couple of referees. Yeah, but then, but then, but but then, for me, I'd, I'm not. I probably wouldn't relegate. I'd probably just wouldn't give him a game on the, the following Saturday. You know what I mean? So give him a weekend off because if a player plays badly and, and does and does something wrong, he won't play the following weekend. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's yeah. for me, it's just about that. So if you don't perform, then you don't get picked, and it's um, it's it's like that. It's if you don't perform to the best of your ability, you're not going to get picked for the next week or the next game. So it's the same as a referee. There's a if there's a pool of fifteen referees, Premier League referees, then. You know what I mean? There's some waiting in the wings, training hard, preparing right, waiting for an opportunity, and then all of a sudden they're there. And it's for me, it's it's key. Um, it's key that that happens, and it's key that um, that something like that's got to be put in place. You know what I mean? Because uh, for me, it's the only way. Yeah, um, I'd like to just because we're going to get to a. They've got loads and loads of questions in the live chat, so we're going to jump straight into them for um, for Mark now. But there was something I was just talking to Andy about Mark, and I wanted to get your take on it. Um, so I was thinking over the weekend. Um, back in the day, we had people like yourself, Uriah Rennie, Graham Paul, uh, Mark Clattenburg, David Ellery, Jeff Winter, all these different referees who had very different personalities and different ways to deal with players. But you always felt like they took responsibility for their decisions and the work, you know, they were looking and they were doing the job to their best of their ability. Um, but I feel like now in 2021, the referees come across as very robotic and almost as if they've been instructed not to interact too much with the players other than to you know dish out yellow cards or give a decision do you feel like that lack of personality is almost lee and the complication with rule changes and things like this is contributing to the standard of refereeing changing yes and look i I can only speak for myself um you know for me i think referees you know they walk onto the field of play and they think they can command that respect straight away. That's not the case. I mean, the respect comes from your accuracy and your decision-making, the way you engage the players, your awareness of what's going on around you, the way you talk to the players. That, that's how you get the respect. And, and, yeah. and, 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 for, me, and for me, it's, you, you know, we're, we're all one big football family. And, it's, and, you know, you have to engage with the players. I mean, I, I was a players' referee. You know, you can, you can laugh with the players, you can joke with the players. Um, you, you know, you can back banter with the players, and you guys know what I was like. And that—that's vital for controlling the football. It's not about it's not about just turning up and referee referee to the laws of the game. That's not what it's about. It's it's about managing the game, managing the players, managing the event, having empathy. We don't see referee stage showing any empathy whatsoever. Some of the guys there now are so aggressive, you can't even talk to them. That's not the way forward, and that's the leadership and direction they get from their management. I mean, you look. There's a couple. Absolutely you look at, you know, my, I mean, Michael Oliver for me is our best. No, he's, he's, some may disagree with me, but I think he's our by far our best referee. He smiles on the field of play. He has a bit of banter with the players, and that's what the players like talking in their language. The football pitch is the shop floor. It's the shop floor, and you've got to have give and take. You've got to have that bit of banter with the, with, with with the players, and you've got to have that awareness is what's going on around and all the little niggles. You know, he would have been kicked all over the place, and the ref, some referees wouldn't have picked it up. And I mean, I've played the game; I know what it's about. But it doesn't mean to say, having played the game, you're not going to be a good referee. It doesn't make you a good referee. But you know, it's it's about picking up and a little challenge going. You're playing advantage. You're letting Andy know he's, he's seen the free kick. 
I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a chat with him later. And as the play on, you're having a chat with him. So you're always looking to what's going on. And today's referee, for me, like you say, it's about they're, they're too robot, robotic. They're manufactured referees. It seems to now, at the, at the present, every challenge, I mean, remember, a careless challenge is a free kick, nothing else. A reckless challenge is a free kick and a yellow card. A challenge in players of dangerous safety is a free kick and a red card. It's about managing situation, managing the events, managing the situation. Yes, there are some. There are some times you just cannot manage. You've got to show a yellow card. You've got to show a red card. But it's it's stamping your authority on the game when you get that opportunity. And that doesn't mean to say you have to stamp your authority on a game with a yellow card. You can do it verbally. You can do it. You can do it verbally. For me, that, that's yeah, what that, that 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 that's what makes a referee that's he's talking all the time, all the time to the players, letting them know. Just you know, and, and it's you have that conversation. I just didn't want to be fine. I used to tell them where to get off. You know. Well, Mark, this 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 also starts. Um, it starts in the warm up. You know what I mean? When you when you're warming up as a player, when you see the referee warming up, you know what I mean? Back in the day, you you could look over and see a see a referee and um and and, and officials and think. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good day because you can have a relationship before the game. You'd have a bit of fun in the, yeah. in, the, in, the, in, the in the tunnel, and that's what it's all about. When if you're if you're stood there in, as, as a young player, as an old player, and and there's, there's arrogance there, and there's an atmosphere there. That atmosphere goes on the pitch, and the, and, the, and the game carries Absolutely. on. There's no, respect, I mean, there's no respect between the two, and, and then it's a, it's a it's a bad environment for everybody. That's right, and, and, and you know what's going to go. You know, you, you know, I used to say, "Listen, I've seen that. Cut that out. Cut out. Do that again, and I will do you." You know, I remember. I remember refereeing Liverpool, Man United when you know when Ronaldo was at Manchester United, and you know I always sort of done the toss of the coin, sorted it all out. Always used to give me walk off halfway line, give me coin to the full official, and Ronaldo was standing on the on standing on the halfway line, and it was it was a time when he he was kept going down easy, and he was frustrating players and you know making the players getting nasty and towards, and uh, I just said to him, I said, hey. Don't be going down easy today because you'll get absolutely nothing out of me today. I think, I, you, I think you can imagine what words I said. I said, you'll get absolutely nothing out of me today. And in the first five minutes, what does he do? He goes down. So I've gone past him. What have I just told you? What have I just told you? I said, I told you you're going to get absolutely nothing if you go down like that. And then after that, he got on with it. It, that was it, you know, and, and he was a he was a piece of cake to referee the rest of the game. I remember Jay that's Rodriguez. A mutual, it's a, it, I remember that's a mutual uh, mutual respect. Go on. Mutual respect, though. It's a, that's it's a mutual respect, though, because next time he'll have had you in the game, he knows what he knows what to expect. You know what I mean? Then he knows he knows the standards of what you what what you bring to the game, and I I love that. I think I just uh, inspires just listening well, to those kind of stuff. Well, and I said I, I used to yeah. And, and it's like when I used to ref all the big players. I mean, you talk about Vieira earlier on, and Roy Keane, and and Paul Skulls. I used to, I say, hey Skulls, don't don't dive in, don't dive in, Skulls, he Skulls, what are you doing? What are you doing? Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking to all the time, and and and, it, and 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 I do that with all the with all the players. And I always remember my um, referee, Aston Villa, Southampton at Villa Park. Jay Rodriguez is at Southampton midway through the first half. Rodriguez goes down under a challenge from an Aston Villa defender in the box. And it looked an absolute stonewall penalty. Stonewall. So I've got no one's complained. Penalties taken, scored, Southampton 1 0. Well, if it goes in, no, go, go off at half time, no problems. Well, pressed a buzzer for, um, to come out second half. Paul Lambert and the Aston Villa players are waiting for me. 
and they give me a right volley of abuse. We've seen that. We've seen that. Eddie's died. We've, we've not touched him. We've not touched him. So listen, I can only give what I said. And from where I looked, he looked an absolutely nailed on penalty. So anyway, after the game, Paul Lambert's come in. Had a right, we've had a right to do with each other. Um, we've agreed to disagree. Um, what went on in my dressing room stayed in my dressing room. I used to say that to the managers. Don't come hurting me out on the football pitch. You want to say, you've got something to say to me. You come in my dressing room and we'll, we'll have words in the dressing room. So we had our words. He, he, he cleared off. So anyway, I got home that night and you, you're watching, you know, you think, oh, I've got to watch match today. As you do, you've got to watch the, got to watch the football. You're sitting there with a, a glass of whiskey or a glass of red wine and Western practice your edges in case you have made a howler. So, and, and, um, so anyway, I've watched it from, from the front angle. It looks absolutely nailed on penalty. From, from, from the other angle, it looked... wasn't a penalty. It, it just... It was, he, wrote, he wrote the challenge and went down, thinking he was going to get fouled. And I remember the pundits, I think it was Alan Shearer, was saying, from this angle, it looks absolutely nailed on penalty. From this angle, it's not a penalty. Anyway, three weeks later, I had the... Um, I, had the I, was, I was refereeing Swansea and Southampton. And of course, as you said, quite rightly said, Andy, in the tunnel, you get a little opportunity in the tunnel. And of course, he yeah. walks out of the back as uh, Jay Rodriguez. So I've gone, oh, <laughs> here we are, here we go. <laughs> this was to the guys and my guys here and the players all looking at me going, what's, what's he on? So I've just gone, just gone, gone right up to him. And obviously, I can't say what I said over, over the family show, but I've gone, you can imagine, I've gone up to him and I said, I said, hey, you. Villa, you remember? He said, Mark, Mark, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I said, sorry. I said, you let me down. You let me down big time. You made me look a right idiot. Given a penalty and you deceived me. No, no, no. I didn't, didn't. Honestly, I didn't mean to. I said, listen, you do that today. Anytime you'll get absolutely nothing out of me. Nothing. Anyway, <laughs> Mark, Mark, honestly, I promise, I promise nothing will like, like that will happen today. So we go. Anyway, game's in 20 minutes into the game. Southampton go into the box. He goes running in the box and he goes down. He's gone. He's jumped up. Mark, Mark, it's not a penalty. It's not a penalty. He's not touched me. He's not touched me. I said, no, we're going to get it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, but anyway, it was great. Do you know what I mean? So, like you say, you just, you just, you just talk to the players. You just talk yeah. to them and, um, and engage with them. You know, you, you, as I say, you'd agree to disagree on the field of play. You know what it's like on, yeah. on, on, the, on the field of play. And yes, shot floor language does go on. And that, but floor. I mean, I, I spent years training with Bolton Wanderers, you know, under Sam Allardyce and different managers. And I used to referee the, you know, the eight v eights, the eleven v elevens all the time. And the players were exactly the same on the train pitch with each other and me as a referee, even though we were we were friends. But you know, I was just for that for that training session. I was I was the man in black, and they vented their anger when I didn't give them a decision. So it was no different on the train pitch to playing on on on, on a match day. So I learned I learned a lot with training, you know, under, under Sam Allardyce and, and his teams. So why, why do you think then, Mark? So why, like, why do you think um, why do you think there is that that, that big link, uh, the, the the big jump from when you when you refereed and what, what the referee is now? What's what's changed and why has it changed? Because I, I see it as a player um, and well, an ex player. My relationship that I I had with fans and I still have with fans is is, is amazing. You know what I mean on this show, not on this show, but I don't see many footballers nowadays having a, a close relationship to, uh, to 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 players and. I see that as a massive shame, you know what I mean? We're all football fans, end of the day, and we just want to be interlinked with each other. Yeah, yeah listen, I mean, I've been retired, what, five, five or six years now, and um, I think that, you know, I could, I could have carried on most probably 
if I had the, if I had the right manager um, that looked after me, um, obviously with with my Ill battles with my illnesses, um, but my body just just gave up. And I've noticed that uh, you know I still had rapport. I mean, I I mean, listen, people people ask me, um, oh, did, did you know I done the the, the, the Carling Cup final at, at, at Wembley? I done the final, done the Charity Shield, Community Shield, I should say. And people say, would well, was you a bit disappointed that you never refereed the FA Cup final? I said, well, not really. I said, but what more, was more important to me was the rapport and respect I had with all the players, the, the managers and, and the fans because of who I was. And as I say, it doesn't cost anybody anything to be polite and smile. And, and, I, and I, still, I still think I've got that rapport now with, 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 with fans on, on social media because obviously mm. I'm quite heavily involved. I'm quite um, vocal on, on, on Twitter, but in a, in a nice way. And even yeah. when when ever you know ever fight got me, you know I just start, I answer them politely, and then you, it's amazing the response you get back when you answer back politely. So I still think I've got. Um, I, I think you know when I speak to a lot of people, they still regard a referee that they all like. Yeah, I just know I would have upset a few players, would have upset a few managers, and a few fans, and a few teams. So you would do over the twenty year career I had in 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 refereeing top football matches. Um, it, it's pleasing for me that I still I still. You know, get that respect from from not only like yourselves, but from from fans and and, and players today. Because I think they all read my columns, the newspaper, and I, I just say it as it is, and, and I and I say it honestly. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, we got so many awesome questions. Uh, just there, Ian just says man has cost nothing. Gaz says respect is earned, um, which kind of follows on from the point you were just making. Um, so I'm going to start with this because it's a super chat from Gaz. Uh, he says, in your eyes, uh, who's the best referee ever and why? Who's the best ref? Yeah. What, now? Uh, he says, best ever um, and why? I think I saw the best, the best ref. What, from, 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 the, from England or from... Um... Um, yeah, I guess. Let's go with, let's go with England. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I've touched on it. Um, I think I've touched on it be, before. Um, I think at, at this present, I mean, we've had some, we've had some great refs so, o, o, over this. I mean, our very own Jeff. Jeff had his own way of refereeing, didn't he? Jeff Winter was a was a the, the, the players players uh, like Jeff, and he'd, he'd give him a back when he got one. Um, I think over. Uh, you look at the back. You look at um, likes when they come through, like we see. I think Howard Webb. Mark Clattenburg, um, you know, very, very good refs. Keith Hackett in his day, you know, when Keith Hackett coming yeah. through, Roger Dilks, all, all great, all great referees in, 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 in their day. Um, little Roger, you know, you couldn't see him on the pitch, could you? <laughs> uh, but I think, I mean, at this, I mean, I, at this, at this moment in time, I think um, in, 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 in the UK, I think you've got to look, um, you've got Michael Oliver, who I think is uh, as I said before, I think he's. I think he's at the moment our, our number one, followed by you got. Um, you know, people, people people will disagree. They all have their because if they, you know, people will disagree with what I'm saying most probably. But uh, yeah, you look at Michael Oliver, number one, most probably Martin Atkinson. Obviously, gets better with age. Um, yeah, up there, number two, I think. Uh, so we've got yeah, I think uh, Anthony Taylor. I think Anthony Taylor's. You know, is, is improving, sure. and you got loving or loathing my Dean. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so I think we've got. A, I think we've got a bundle of um, good, good referees. But I think 
you know, I think the standard, the present standard is not what it should be at that at that level. We've got some good youngsters coming, Andy Madley, um, Chris Kavanagh. I think they could be good good guys, Peter Banks. Um, but it, it's, it's like it's like with me, I think, and Andy, Andy, uh, I think, vouches. I mean, good coaches turn average football players into good players, good players mm. into excellent football players. It's no different yeah. with referee coaches. It's exactly the same, no different. And we've got a severe lackage, lack of good coaches um, at the top level. Yeah, I just I just look around and you think to myself, why am I not involved in coaching our top referees? Why is Mark Trattenberg? Well, he's, he's, he's in another country doing his, 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 buying his trade. He's Howard Webb, he's in, he's in the States. Um, you know, um, coaching and, and managing the, the MLS referees. So we've got to say, why are these guys going to different countries? And like myself, and even Jeff, even Jeff Winter, he can still offer, you know, young referees, um, good, good, good coaching, and, and step them up because it's you know you, you can referee with a personality, you can referee with common sense today, but it's the way they're being led, and I think I think we need to see massive changes. Um, in 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 the referee, whose decision is this, Mark? Whose decision is it then to not have you guys as 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 to help out with the coaching? Who's who to, who, who picks the coaches and how do you, how do you become a coach? Well, listen, it, it's it's uh, it's about personality, mate. You know that it's about personality. And if, if your face fits, fits with, yeah, with present management. Yeah. Yeah, but, but it's wrong though, isn't it? You know, because for me, if uh, if if they want if they want the caliber to improve, if they want the personality back, if they want the interaction with the players and the the players and the and the, and the referees, because the fan the fans bounce off that as well. You know, you can always see a, a, a game which is managed right on the pitch by a referee, and and the and, and and the hostile atmosphere doesn't happen. You know what I mean? You can see bad atmospheres on the pit on the on the, on the uh, in the stadiums because of what's going on on the pitch, and if that's handled badly, it reflects badly all the way around the stadium. And I think sometimes that. We just need. It just needs to be improved, and if it can be improved that easily, without question, then for me, it's a no-brainer. I, I listen. I, t- I, t- I totally agree with you, and it, and it comes from as I said, as I said earlier. You know, you can referee with common sense, you can referee with a personality, and you can referee like that. And it, it comes from leadership direction from from the management or, uh, at, at PGMOL, um, and and that, that's where that's where it comes from. I mean, I'd love to be involved, but there's there's, there's no chance at, at present. Seems like such a waste of an opportunity to not have people like yourself involved in the the bringing through of new referees. Um, and what I'm going to do in a minute, I'm going to go back to the very first question we had because we've got so many. But there was one question which did fit in with what you've just been talking about. Um, and that was, uh, why do you think we haven't really seen any ex-footballers go on to become referees when they retire? I, 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 I've spoken about this and I, I think if you, you're never going to get um, you're never going to get a, a Premier League or a Championship player taking up the whistle. Um, I think, you know, listen, they earn lots and lots of money and rightly so because they're the they're, they're top of their profession. So I, I think they should be looking at sort of National League, League One and League Two because their careers finish in quite early and I and I think if it's like I think if they have an accelerated promotion if they take if they take the law do the do the do the course pass the exam to become a referee and I think they should be accelerated right the way through and they start at national the national league you know ex ex players 
if they want to be referees, they should be starting. They should be starting at, at Sunday morning, a duck versus a duck, you know, and and and, yeah. and and games like that. If you look at if you look at cricket umpires, first class cricket umpires, or, or, or professional cricketers, when they retire and they want an umpire, they they pass the exam and they go straight into the second eleven. They ref they they they. They, they, they umpire at second eleven cricket. Now, for me, you know, any referee or ex-player wants to become a referee, they should start at the national. That's where they start, and then they go into national league referee, national league, league two, and league one, and then see how they get on from there. Not, not start made on level seven. Start at you know the whatever leagues you have in in the in the northeast or the you know the north the north the northeast counties or the northwest counties yeah. or. Down in the you know down in the Hearts County League and the South Midlands League, they should start higher up the ladder. They should be accelerated through. I, I totally agree because this is what great, puts people off. Point. But this is what puts people off, sir. You know, because it, it it stops people wanting to do it because of that level. Because they know what what comes with that level. What comes with that level is 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 abuse. You know what I mean? And and, and when you've been an ex player as well, the abuse will yeah. be probably tenfold. Where the the respect you get the respect by going into the National yeah. League North and South and the National League itself, Premier. Because you've been an ex-player and you get you'd get a really good respect from players, managers, and supporters as well. And I think it'd be a really good fit. I think it's an absolutely amazing idea, absolutely amazing. And if one person uh, did I it, you get ten I, people I, I, who did it. I mean, I mean, it's like well, I mean, like listen, I love refereeing wherever I went, wherever I was in. You know, for me, whether I was in the Premiership or Championship or League One or League Two, every club deserves the best referees. And I used to love going out down into League One and League Two. Because if you knew you were from the Premier, from you were you're a Premier League referee, you didn't want them having singing out Premier League. You're having a laugh. You didn't. You didn't yeah. want that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and I, and, and and I used to get shown the up, utmost respect. And when I did referee those those teams, they used to come up to me and Mark, he said you are totally totally different to what we normally get. And I thought, well, I said, well, I should be because I referee in the Premier League. Yeah, I should be. I should be better, and I should be different. If I'm not, then there's something wrong. But I used to, I used to love. I used, to, I, I used to treat the players exactly the same as I did, you know, in the Premier League. I used to get, you know, get to know the get the team sheets, names, look at their names, and speak to them their first names. Hmm. I think that's key for that was key for me though, sir. You know what I mean? The amount of times that I used to get, um, used to get a buzz by seeing um, who was referee. You know what I mean? In the program or on the team sheet or seeing them face to face while they're warming up because. You know what I mean? When you when you're playing League One, you know what I mean, and you and you see you see it's Mark, or you see it's one of the other top Premier League referees coming down to the to the level that you're playing at. It gives you a boost as a player because you know it's going to be handled better than it is, especially if it's a big game. You know what I mean? Or it's a local derby, or there's or there's a lot a lot of riding at stake because you you just know that you, that you've got a better opportunity to get a better performance for yourself, and it gives you a boost. It gives you a boost. Mark's talking about better coaching yeah, for players and everybody, yeah. but but having a having a really knowledgeable referee uh, and officials at the side, it really really does give you that boost as a player because you know you're in for a fair game. Yeah, I, I would. I remember. I won't, I won't say the play. I won't. I won't say the player's name, but um, it's not fair. But I always remember walking out at um, the Britannia, Stoke City. I think it was Stoke City v. Um, I think it was Liverpool. And there's was coming up to to warm up, and this this Stoke City player come up to me and put his arm around me. and went, Mark, we are so pleased to see you because we thought it was so and so, and he is absolutely useless. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't say the names. <laughs> I just, I just, I just pissed myself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's important, though, isn't it? And, and, and I think it's good because when you sometimes managers make a big thing about it because managers part of your 
part of your pre-match will be we've got a referee tomorrow, and it's and it, and, and it's too much sometimes made of it, you know, because it it, it can put you on on edge, it can put you. Uh, with a negative frame of mind, especially I, I look at the Wolves manager Nuno, uh, Nuno mm. at the minute that he's very negative about certain referees or, or quite a lot of them, but certain one in particular um, who says that he shouldn't yeah. referee any Wolves, Wolves games again. And if uh, what the Premier League going to do, the Premier League are going to give him a game, and that, and, that, and that's unfair, unfair for, for the referee, unfair for the for the club. But at the same time, uh, you know what I mean? There's there's got to be a uh, there's got to be some kind of uh, relationship improvement made in order for that to improve, because you can't just not have a referee because you don't like him. And you can't give him a free well, or a penalty. Well, it was, because... I, I, well, it's like Nuno, it's like Nuno the other week when he, when he came out onto the field of play, you know, at, at um, Lee Mason. And, you know, those sort of those sort of things, I, I think that, yeah, listen, I'm not condoning what, what Nuno said, but I think those sort of things could be conducted into the, into the dressing room. You know, that those sort of things. He wants to say those sort of things and, and criticise Lee in that sort in that situation, then do it in the dressing room behind the four yeah. walls. And then, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't have got that fine. He certainly wouldn't have got it with me, um, you know, because I'd allow yeah. him to have his say. And then as I say, you you agree to disagree. Mm. But I think that's key though, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like you said there, what stays in the dressing room. What happens in the dressing room stays in the dressing room, and that's the same as a player. You know what I mean? Players and managers do it, so why don't managers learn from what happens and do it? Do it with the referee as well, because when when they get yeah. a, a, a camera thrown in the face straight after a game, and at the minute it's quite early because because of what's going on and they want everything done and dusted, the referee at the minute and, v, and VAR and other decisions are really the top of the top of the list. And for me, talk about tactics, talk about well, team selection, talk about something else. Don't they, they know exactly what they're going to say? I mean, I've had I've had many verbals with players in 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 the tunnel. You know, it's just it's just it's just a and that's just the way it is. That's what up for and as uh, long as it's not it don't it, it don't become abusive and insulting towards you and, and the language is not abusive and insulting then you know you, 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 you it's the game and you, and you do accept a, a little bit of um, banter even in 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 the, in the tunnels you're going up. i mean managers tony i remember at uh, at um stoke as well tony pulis great 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 guy tony. i go back a long yeah. way with him you know especially when he was in at uh, gillingham um and I refereed the playoff final, Man City Gillingham, and obviously I played five extra minutes, and City went on to win, and they went out. Always remind me of that. So we go back a long way, and every time, if he if he was if he wanted to get into your mind, Tony, you know, I don't know. Did you ever play it, Tony? Andy? No, I, I, met, I, I didn't. I, I didn't play for him. I played against him, but then I met him. We, I met him when he was Middlesbrough manager quite a lot. So I, 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 well, I liked well, him. Did... I liked him more than I knew. But the dressing room's right in the corner, and you walk, you walk yeah. up the, you walk up the tunnel, and straight in front of you is the Stoke City dressing room. But the away team and the referees were round to the left, and he always used to wait there for you, and he really used to have a right go at you. You know, there you go, there's two teams, and there's two teams. I said, I mean, there's one game. I think it was against Liverpool. He said, "Come on, Mark, there's two teams involved in this. What are you, what are you doing?" I said, "Tony, you won it up, and Liverpool down to ten men. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you?" Get in your dressing room. Go on. <laughs> but you know, you've but got, it's, you, you it, know, you just, you just... it's about that. But it's about that. you know, what I mean, it's about the positive relationship. You know what I mean? If 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 that positive relationship's not there, it's it's embarrassing for everybody, and it, those kind of things don't happen. And those kind of things, they're really nice to see, like behind closed doors. You know what I mean? The fans don't get to see these things. The fans don't get to hear about them. But but they've happened for years and years and years, and they're nah. the best things. No, nah, nah. For me, what what, what the, mean, the was, best things what happen I mean, in a game? Really... Things what happen in a tunnel. Best thing ever. 
I mean, I was. I mean, I was. I mean, Neil Warnock, the same. I mean, I mean, Neil Neil Warnock. You know what Neil's like. I mean, I remember refereeing. I remember refereeing a, um, a Premier League game, Reading Sheffield United. Keep Sheffield United wanted to make a substitution in the second half. Keith Gillespie was coming on, and obviously him and Stephen didn't get on very well. And Keith Gillespie come comes on um, before before I re- restart play. Keith Gillespie's gone up to Stephen Hunt and gone bang right right in his right in his face, elbowed him. He's come on as a sub and I've sent him straight off without even restarting play. But that, I mean that, and then I suppose that's the sort of thing the pressure Neil puts on his players. But I always remember, I mean, having lots of locals with 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 Neil Warnock and. Um, he, I was I refereed actually the, the game uh, season before when they were both in the championship at, at um, Bramwell Lane, and uh, you know Neil's always want Neil's always got something to say. And he, he, uh, and he this this day he come knocking at my dressing room door. He went, he's knocked on the door. Yeah, is it uh, Mark? It's it's Neil. I went, Neil, get out! I do not want to talk to you tonight. Go away. He said, No, Mark, Mark. I just want to tell you what a good game I thought. I went, oh, come on then, Neil. In you come. In you come. Sorry, what a good game I had. I don't mind that. <laughs> but then, you know, but he, he was he was he was good fun, Neil. He was great, great, great value, Neil. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know, Mark. It was you who sent uh, Keith Gillespie off. We had Keith on. Uh, Keith on as yeah, a guest. Had, and, um, good to get the other version, the other side of that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, because obviously, I think. Uh, yeah. Without without knowing the the story, I think there was obviously. Uh, a little bit of history as well with um, with what happened during the day with with, with Stephen Hunt uh, and and things. So there was there was I think there was a bigger picture to that story. Well, it's funny because he come on, give him an elbow in the face, and then 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 I mean I give him the red card, and he went up to him and give him another whack on the face. <laughs> so he done yeah. it twice. <laughs> yeah. But and, and and listen, it's it's emotion, isn't it? But 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 those kind of the, those kind of things that you. You've thought a, a player's coming on to change the game, freshen things up, and then all of a sudden you're giving them a red card, well, and then you're dealing well, with the, the, the aftermath again. And then I had to send right. um, Wally Downs and Neil Warnock into the stands because they them two started on the touchline as well. <laughs> <laughs> They're mad, them two. Oh dear. Oh, Wally, Wally's a Wally's a case. Wally's a great lad. Right, let's. Uh, Wally's let's a great lad. Always Come. God, it's only because there's so many, and I uh, we're gonna just try and squeeze as many as we can in there, Mark. The first question of the night was uh, James Costley said, uh, "How often were you told not to see things during games? Was it a regular occurrence or just a one-off?" Um, I don't really. Well, what was that? What was that? Sorry. Um, he asked. Basically, said, uh, "Were you ever told not to see things during games?" I don't know whether he means like via by a manager or just generally. Was there managers who tried to influence you a lot before games and after games in terms of their relationships with you? No, not 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 at all. I mean, I, I mean, listen, you know, because you meant something, and yeah, listen, the managers always come in with their captains, at, you know, an hour before before. Um, with the team sheets, and you, you have your little chat there. But, but I mean, some of the some of the guys, um, some of the rest when I was full first year, used to think to myself, Jesus, they're going on and on and on and on. You know, they, uh, what are you, what are you going on for? Why are you taking so long? They don't want to be in the managers and the players that skip don't want to be in the dressing room. And and I always remember, you know, when I refereed Chelsea games, and John uh, John Terry came in because he was always at it, you know, on the 
pitching on the pitch to me was being captain. And he, every time he came in the dress, I always thought I slapped him. I used to go like that on his face. He says, why did you always do that to me when I come with the team sheets? I says, because I can't do it out there. <laughs> 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 but no, that's, that's, the, that's the rapport you have. And listen, you know, managers, have, they, all do, they all do what they can to get what they can out of referees. And it's then down to us, us guys to... You know, you say yeah or nay, and be mentally tough and mentally strong um, when when you go out and referee that game for ninety minutes. But yeah. I think that's imp- that's important, though, Mark, isn't it? You know what I mean? You just said there about being men- mentally strong. Mentally strong is important because there's there's a lot of pressure what goes with it as well. I know we're laughing and joking now, and and and, and we enjoy it, and it's loads of fun. But how much pressure do you feel to referee the top at the top level? Sorry, sorry, Andy, you're, 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 cutting, you're cutting in and out. Sorry, I didn't really hear that question. Sorry, how much, um, how much pressure, how much pressure does 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 it come to when you're when you're refereeing at the top level? Hang on, I can't. It sounds awful, mate. I can't. Sorry, can you hear me now? I'll try again. Can you hear me now? Hear me now. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? Right, this is this is uh, this is just so insightful. It's unbelievable. So having a wicked, having a referee who uh, who knows who knows of the ins and outs and um, and things what go on, what shouldn't go on, and it's just it's unbelievable. It's you know what I mean. It's so different to a player because I think players are protected quite a lot um, from certain things and and um, especially the media and things and and you know what I mean. But when you're a referee, you you live and die by your decisions, and it's just such a such a scary cutthroat uh, thing. Bit of breaking news: Cardiff City have signed Johnny Williams. Um, yeah, I heard I that say, was uh, I heard that was getting uh, spoke about yesterday. I gotta say, um, I was very negative about Mick McCarthy. I'm not massively uh, impressed with the way they've played in the first couple of games. However, that is um, that's exactly the sign-in that I wanted the club to make. Um, so I'm happy with that. I gotta say, um, he's creative takes pressure off Harry Wilson because he's going through a bit of a rough patch. Um, you know, and he's been excellent for Wales, uh, Johnny Williams has, for mm. has never let him down. It's yeah. a very creative, good footballer. So mm. I'm, I think that's a good signing. And I was um, telling you, uh, I was telling you earlier, earlier on, wasn't I? Obviously, oh, yeah. Ex, yeah, we can't ex- Cardiff. Get that. Ex-Cardiff City player, uh, Nathaniel Mendes, Lang signing for Middlesbrough, which... Um, if that happens, fantastic for Middlesbrough. Thought fascinating. I'm sure we'll speak about it on Friday and go through all of the nitty gritty. I think we'll have to probably do a transfer show, not a uh, not a championship show. I think it might be more more fun. Um, yes. Sorry, Mark. I was saying uh, I was saying about pressure um, and how um, how do you, how how does a pressure get to manage uh, referees at the top level in a in a top top fixture? What do pressure on us or managers? Yeah. On you? No, yeah, on 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 referees. On us. Um, well, listen, it's, everything everything we do, every in any, any walk of life, it's all about it's all about confidence. Whatever, whatever anyone does, it's all about confidence. It's no different from for referees. And, and for me, um, I used to do the same thing every every evening. Um, I used to you know go into the dressing room about ten past one, get me music going, relax me, have a good laugh and a joke with with, with me guys, with, with guys who supported me, and then obviously. You know, eight minutes to three, or whenever it was, eight minutes before kickoff, rang it, rang that bell, got ourselves out, and you, you you want to get out there. You want that that first whistle. You want to blow that first first whistle. 
and and so you've blown that whistle and that for that first decision you make and it, and it's then you start your stature starts to grow and your confidence starts to to, to, to grow um so with, 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 with pressure, you've got, you've got. I mean, people say, "Oh, do you hear what, every, what all the crowd are shouting?" And, and you're not because you're so you're so focused on what's going on on the field of play. You um, you don't hear what's being shouted from from stands, and you, you you're in that zone. You're in you, you, it's that mental tough toughness, men, mental strength, and to, to referee in front of you. Yeah, sometimes you do feel the pressure when. I mean. Few times when you're making a big, it's, it's, it's on, it's on live on TV. Well, most games are on live, and it go went around the world. But when you made a big key match decision, um, or you give a, or you give a card, you said always sing a few minutes. I've got that right. Oh, you've got it. You, you've got to forget about that and get on with it. You've got to believe that you're right. So, yeah, listen, it, 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 it's it's you just you just got to. You know, sometimes you've, you've made a mistake. You know, if you've made a, an error in the first half, you, you're soon told about it at half time. Um, and you've got to you've got to park that. You've got to forget all about and get on and keep focused. Because if you if you switch off, you switch off, and then you're going to get called out and you're going to be in trouble. So, yeah. you know, it, it was vital. You 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 stayed mentally tough and mentally strong, and you were switched on and you was aware of what was going around you. And I, what used to make what, what used to help me was me, me me talking, me talking. And if you ask a lot of assistant referees when you know when that what I was like on on the field of play when they when the, um, the, the the headsets. Oh, I used to give a headache. But you know, for me, that helped me talking with the players and, and managing the players and being talking because that 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 just that just kept me on top of time because it. I was just then no, I was in the zone and I was you know, yeah. Listen, I, I made I made some errors like like we're all we're all human. Um, so I'd yeah. love to have VAR about when I was referee. But and that's. That's insight. That's insightful for me, though. Cause I, I I love that you you speak about uh, the first your first decision, the first five minutes of the game, and you know we say we spoke about having we were players on here, ex players, current players, about the first five minutes, your first pass, your first touch, your first decision, your preparation. It's key. It's key to your performance. You know what I mean? A poor preparation. You know what I mean? Gives you a poor performance. It's it's absolutely key, and it doesn't matter absolutely, if you're a referee, a player, a manager. You know what I mean? They're all they're all the same. We're on the same boat. We're all the same. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like you say. You would know, Andy. You would know. You would know your referees. You would know what referees you would get away with what. You would know how far you could push a certain referee because yeah. you know him because you come up against them yeah. many, many times. The players knew what they would get from Mark Halsey when he crossed that line. They knew what they were going to get from me, and and I and I think over my career, I think I could count on one hand how many players I cautioned for dissent. Hmm. There's yeah. um, a question following on from Andy's question about uh, the pressure on referees. Um, James Costley sent in a great question. He says, there's been a lot of support uh, for players regarding mental health uh, lately. Is there enough being done for referees? Should there be more done? Because they, you know, they get a lot of abuse and stick from players, fans, managers. There's a lot. And then you've got the pressure of the job as well. Yeah. Um, do you think there's enough being done in terms of supporting referees? Yeah, listen. Well, it's the same. They've got sports psychologists, so they have all the those in place for for help for helping referees. I, I I've got to be honest. I wasn't I wasn't one of those that um, went to the sports psychologist. Um, I was one of those that could you know in one ear out the other, and it gets me because I think I was I was I was mentally tough. Um, 
I thought I, I, I could cope with it. You know, I never felt that I needed to go to um, uh, one of those psychologists. But the, yes, they are in place for referees today if they if they wish that they they need them. And and you know, obviously, some of us, some guys are not are not as mentally tough as others. Um, so yes, I, I mean, some of the guys on to the psychologist, and there's no doubt about that. But I, for me, I, I, I was one of those that you know um, just sort of help myself through things, you know, because yeah. I was always, I could always do that. I could always park things straight away. I didn't have a, yeah, listen, if I did make an error, I would think about it for a day or two and go over it and why did I make that mistake? Look at the, the, the you know, the DVD and see what I can, what I can learn and do it again. But after that, it gone and I was, I was fine, ready to go for the next game. But as I said, there is, there are, there are things in place for that, for, for mental health or for referees. Cool. A lot of people have asked about uh, who you support, Mark. Come on, yours! The... Do they stop referees from... Uh, or do are they try to on? avoid... Nil-nil, half-time. Ah, oh, there you go. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Points, points. Desperate for a clean sheet, Mark, I tell you. So inconsistent, it's unbelievable. Huh? So inconsistent. Inconsistency is key for them. They've just never seen a team like them. Do they try to avoid oh, referees? They're, they're unbelievable. Do they try to avoid like referees uh, officiating games where the team they support is playing? Is that a thing? Or do they just do it as and when? No, you, you have to declare. Um, you have to declare. Um, it's just, you know, recently, about, you know, early... Um, uh, in early 2000, I think the end of around about 1998, 1997. I mean, that's when it would become, you know, you had to sort of de declare um, on, you know, who you supported and who, who your allegiance yeah. was or what club you supported. So, um, obviously, mine, I mean, mine was, mine, mine was QPR. I mean, I mean, my family were from Shepherd's Bush and um, I used to live like 35, 40 miles away in a place called Wellington City. So I never sort of, um, I got to referee him, I think I got to referee him once and uh, we, we we beat Portsmouth, I say we beat Portsmouth, I mean, I was, mm -hmm. once I crossed that, that white line, that was it, there were two, was two teams. But when, when we scored, I just felt like going and jumping on top of our <laughs> <laughs> So after that, I never refereed him again because, it, you know, that was it. I said, Dad, I'm not I don't want to do it, I don't want to referee him anymore. Just wanted to go to Loftus Road and referee. On that pitch, you know, so I refereed on mm. once, and that was it. After that, I never done it again. Because that, that that's that, that's a, that's a thing, isn't it? You know, what I mean, and that's that's something what you get you, you miss out on doing. You know, what I mean, that that refereeing at the ground where you you you've watched you've you've watched your heroes growing up, and it's a it's something it's something it's a lifelong ambition. You know, what I mean, that I remember growing up watching my heroes at Essen Park, and I loved Essen Park. And then by the time obviously I came through at Middlesbrough, yeah, yeah, Essen Park wasn't there anymore. The Riverside was there, so it was a yeah, I was. I mean, I know my dad watches the show. You know what I mean? And I went to Ayrson Park week in week out with my dad, and it was great. But I always, I always regretted not being able to play at Ayrson Park in a competitive game. It was, it was heartbreaking. But yeah. football evolves; it moves on. But you know, referees are no, no, no different. They want to, want to do something I mean, at their home ground. I mean, to be fair, and it must be, must be, it must be a thrill to to pull on, you know, a shirt for your hometown, your hometown club. Do you know what I mean? To be a professional football. I mean, my. My nephew's a professional footballer at Barnsley. 
he's a pro at Barnsley. Um, he come yeah. up through um, you know through the ranks at Bury because that's I mean that's where our house is at in, in Bolton in, near, near next to Bury, and he come up through the ranks um, at Bury. He was at he was at Borough. They signed Borough signed him from Bury. George Miller. Um, yeah. And then obviously he went he went from Borough to Barnsley. Uh, he went out and then then, then uh, Barnsley signed him. So. Uh, it's difficult it's difficult for young guys today, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. difficult. Well it is it's it, listen, it's, it, there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling at all to uh, to wear for, to play for your hometown club. It's 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 what dreams are made of, you know. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I, and we've had this we've had this this conversation on the show about if you could turn the clock back and do it all over again and I'm quite content and happy for what I, what I did. You know what I mean? I, I was a professional footballer for as long as I could 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 hang hang on in there for, and it was it was it was good for what for as long as I did it. But it just seems it seems so different now. It seems so cutthroat, and it's more yeah. of a business than than fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I remember. I, I mean, I remember dreaming of um, being a professional footballer. I mean, uh, not once when I become professional did I ever. Want to become a referee? Never want to become a referee in my life. <laughs> but if I had my time, if I had my time again, I was at schoolboy forms at Tottenham for three years. So I was at Spurs for three years and doing very well. And then just just went off the straight and narrow. Just didn't have that that extra need to you know. I just wanted to go out and enjoy myself. And when I look back now, I'd have done things a whole lot different. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, well, we spoke. I haven't we? You know what I mean about about, and we spoke to young players. We had a, we had a young player for Carlisle United on Charlie Barnes about social media, and I was so glad that social media wasn't around when I was a player because the, the amount of mistakes I made, you know what I mean. I know my dad's watching the show, so I better probably rein it in a little bit. But the amount of mistakes I made as a young player, drinking, going out when I shouldn't do, doing certain things when I shouldn't, you know what I mean. It would have yeah. got me in a host a host of trouble, and uh, you know yeah. what I mean. But but yeah, yeah. but then you said there about about being a mentor to to, to new referees. I think being a being the next player and being a mentor to young players is is so important as well because you you can you know exactly what's going to happen to young players about them making mistakes and 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 just trying to prevent or cut down the amount of them because one mistake doesn't mean that they can't be a player anymore. You just need to make sure they don't keep making the same mistake over and over yeah. again. Um, great question, uh, Mark from Reese here. He says, um, "What's your thoughts on maybe fans being able to hear what the referee says?" Like they do in rugby, where they mic up the officials, um, so you can hear the conversations. Uh, you could they talk about their decisions and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, listen. Um, for me, the fans are just as important as the players, coaches, managers. You know, they are. If 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 we look if we look at the game now, you know, this this this, this blasted pandemic, what what it's doing to everybody around the world and and, and to our national game. The game is not without fans, is it? It's not the same fans. There's no intensity there, you know. There's no tempo, and and for me, the fans are just as important, just as knowledgeable as as, as anybody else in, in 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 football, and 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 they deserve to have a voice. And I and I don't agree with that. I think we need to hear with 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 with, with especially with VAR, we need to hear conversations between the referee and Stockley Park. To hear what is exactly being said to to, to, to them, so so everybody can learn, understand how it all goes on, how, understand how it works, understand the, the thing behind the referees looking at you know looking at incidents and how they see certain incidents, and 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 I, and I think you know it, it has to come. You know we see it in, in rugby, we see it in it all works very very well. Why can it not work in in football? 
But then it goes both ways, though. It goes both ways as well, though. You know what I mean? You're not about listening to what referees are saying. But also, I mean, you listen to the respect in rugby, you know what I mean? The, the way that players, footballers, and, I, and I'll put myself in that bracket, by the way, because I've, I've made some mistakes of the way that I've spoke to, to officials. The way that players speak to officials is absolutely outrageous. You know what I mean? So if, if, if people are mic'd up, maybe the respect has got to go, change and go both ways because it's 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 then players will be heard of the way that they talk and they will have to then rein it in or a captain does it. And, you know, I mean, you listen about rugby, rugby players calling referees, sir, you know what I mean? Football's not like that. But I do think there's certain ways that it can improve and get better for, for the better, I think. Yeah, you'd have uh, to, wouldn't you? Just, just, just seeing the question there, uh, so I, I used to love free in Ninian Park, so... I just oh, saw a yeah, question yeah. come out. I used to love refereeing in Indian Park, and I used to, and I refereed Swan, uh, Swansea Cardiff. Um, oh, as well. Great, great fixture to referee. Great fixture to referee. And I think it was when Cardiff beat Swansea one 0 at um, at uh, Swansea. Yeah, and I think was it, I think he may have been Craig so Bellamy. What, I think Craig. I think Bella's got the win. That's right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was a great, Blinder. great goal as well. Great goal. Yeah. Yeah, it was a late one, wasn't it? Yeah, so I refereed, yeah. I, I refereed that one. Yeah, two great, two great football clubs, two two great clubs. Well, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I say that because Swansea were fan, Swansea were fantastic with me when when I came back from my battle with cancer, came back to yeah. refereeing. So, um, you know, great, great, great set and great, great football club. A few people have um, kind of asked about uh, the support you received when uh, during your illness and your recovery, and obviously your re- then your later return to the football. Just about the support you had from the fans, from fo- football clubs, the the league, the the referees association. Um, what was that like? Um, um, yeah, kind of talk us through that period of your life. It must have been. I was listen. Difficult. It was it, it was it was um, very 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 emotional. Um, it was it was tough tough times for my family because obviously um, I think seven months earlier my wife had been diagnosed with leukemia, and then in, in that in that January and then in August uh, diagnosed with uh, throat cancer. So yeah, it was it was tough times um, for, for the family. Um, I, I was I was told that I would never. Um, if I survive, I would never ref at the top level again. So um, that's my inspiration to get to, to get back. But you know, I've got to I've got to thank the football family, fans, um, clubs, and and, and players were just and people from all over the world were fantastic. So um, you know, I've got got a lot to thank them all for. And um, and you know, in last you know, not least that, that saved my life and, and Tim Illich. Um, big Evertonian fan, um, so uh, and, and I say that football club were, were fantastic with me as well. So um, brilliant. Yeah, I remember the um, the game when you came back was uh, it was so uh, it was so emotional just watching it. But also, what struck me is so often um, referees are kind of background players in a, in what a football match is and the theatre of football. But like on that day, you could see that everyone in the in the ground had so much respect for you uh, and what you had battled through and what you'd been through, and also just the fact that you were there and you had returned and you had fought your way back to refereeing at the top level. Um, and that's one of those those video clips or those days where I'll always kind of remember watching it and seeing it. Well, it's just one which really sticks with me for the just for the pure. Uh, overall emotion of it, um, I think. Um, 
But say we're talking about we're talking about we're talking about for me it's a human being as well. You know what I mean? Who's yeah. given a lot yeah. to the game? He's given a lot. They've given a lot to players, to managers, to other referees, to fans. Um, because it's, it's an respect, it's, mate, it's, it? like well, it is, but it's about, it's, an, it's an it's an entertainment. Well, it used to be an, an entertainment show. You know what I mean? For me, referees were entertainers, the same as players were entertainers. You know what I mean? It was good fun, and I enjoyed it. And the banter was was great. And for me, oh, there we go. There's there's some bad news for you straight away, Mark. Um, but uh, but it's key that oh, it's key that, that... Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> get, get, see, people enjoy people enjoy people enjoy to uh, people enjoy to give bad news. It's, oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Um, but you know, I listen. It's 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 the football family. And Mark Mark mentioned it there. You know, what I mean, for me, whenever things bad do happen, the football family just turn up in in the droves, and it's it's great to see. And um, for me, sometimes I'd like to see the football family come together before things happen, and and for, be a bit more together, um, so we can uh, we can hit things hit things together before before diversity hits us and and, and things. But for me, you know, it's it's great to see, and you like you say, Sai, very emotion, very emotional watching um, watching comebacks and things. You know what I mean? For especially watching uh, watching yeah, Mark yeah, George do it and I mean, see things, it's just amazing, uh, it was, amazing. It, it was, I think. I- I mean, you know, after my operation and then obviously the cancer coming back and um, having me chemo and radiotherapy and uh, I mean, to come back, I, I mean, I put my body through so much. I put I, I put my body through so much to come back to get fit. And I, I just didn't, I just couldn't see myself doing it. I just, I, mm. I couldn't see myself getting back. But, you know, as I say, I think that's why in the end I had to recycle. My body just started shutting down after everything that had been pumped into yeah. it. So, but, listen... I had a, I had a, you know, wonderful, wonderful um, career, and I got a lot to thank the, the Premier League for making us full time, and and the, and the rapport I had with all the fans and there is, is, is you know, listen, it lived with me and my family um, for our lives. Um, just going to squeeze in a couple of quick questions, uh, Mark. Martin asks, did uh, did you ever referee uh, Andy in a game? And if so, I would like to know, did you book him? <laughs> you want to book me? I don't think I hardly get booked, you know. I just sent off. Just twice. I don't, I don't know who the referees were. Mark, yeah, Mark, Mark definitely ref me a good few, good few times, a good few times during my career. Um, didn't book me. I, I hardly got a yellow card. It was, I, I was, I was, I was, I was probably one of those players who um, went down a little bit too easily. But it, it did, uh, it did look. When like was, I was your, when was your card? When, when did you play? I signed card? for. Card? I signed for Cardiff in two thousand and one. Yeah, we signed for Cardiff in two thousand one. Um, I left Middlesbrough. I, I went on. Uh, yeah, so I was I was I was at Bolton on loan uh, in 1998, is that was that the other got promoted uh, under Sam Ricky Ricky, uh, Ricky Gardner, yeah, Michael Ricketts, Kevin the, Nolan. I was promoted to the Premier League in 99 2000 season. Yeah, so I, I played I played the following season because I went back to Middlesbrough that season. Well, I went to Middlesbrough. I was only there for a month and a half, but I, I played the following year, and then Steve McLaren. Took over at Middlesbrough, uh, two thousand and one, uh, and 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 quickly told me that he didn't like me, so I left. That's how football is. <laughs> just, just get on with it. Get on with it and move on. That's it, man. One year you're gone, isn't it? Yeah, that's Mate, what it is. It's, it's life. Listen, it's it's it, and that's people think it's yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. You take it on, you take it on the chin. You laugh about it. People think, uh, ah, listen, I've got no, I'm I'm not bitter. I was I'm, I was a Middlesbrough fan. It was great, and I watched. Uh, I watched Middlesbrough uh, only ever um, winning a trophy at Millennium Stadium when I was living in Cardiff. It was great, you know. I mean, as a, as a, as a super fan, as a Middlesbrough fan, it was probably the one of the best moments I've uh, I've ever I've ever had. Yeah, 
I used to love refereeing there. The, the Riverside, great, brilliant. Yes, yeah, nice, nice stadium. They, um, Mark Donner asked, "What's the biggest refereeing mistake you ever made?" That's an interesting one. Saint Swansea, Saint Swansea are a big club now. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry. Saint Swansea are a big club. Yeah, I think, I, I think back. Um, I think the one big decision I, I always regret is um, I just I wish we had VAR at the time. Um, was there was a I refereed um, Wigan and uh, Newcastle. And it was a challenge by McManaman on uh, yeah. of, um, Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, and my view was blocked. As the challenge went in, a, a Newcastle player ran straight in front of me. I didn't. I didn't see it, and no one reacted. Um, and so, if it was just down on the floor injured, and I'd give it. I'd blown up for another infringement just to, just straight after that. And no, no one. No one said. Um, no one said it, it wasn't. And, and then there was, there was a big fracas. On, on the touchline when they'd seen the challenge. And when I got back to into the dressing room at half-time, obviously, I was told it was a, an awful challenge. And, and when, when I got home and, and saw it on DVD, I was just horrified, absolutely horrified that, uh, you know, this challenge could absolutely gone. It was, it was a double red card. It was it was two red cards in one. And, um, and yeah, I felt I felt sick in the stomach that I'd missed it. You know, I really did feel sick in the stomach, and it affected me for about two or three days. I know I said I'd not normally sort of park it, but it was actually the player out of the out of the game. We did for about about five or six months, and then you're just looking at it. How how did I miss that? How did I? How, what could I have done differently? How, you know, how can I make sure I don't make that mistake again? And uh, it was it was it was an awful. I, I think. Of, our, of all my years of refereeing, yes, I made a few. Made a few mistakes where I've given, I've not given a penalty when I should have done. But um, that 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 one sort of, I think, is, is the one my you know from the back back would that be the one where yeah. I you know, I'd love to have seen that challenge and sent and sent McManaman off that day. But I, but I, I I watched that game. I watched that game, Mark, and I remember it. And I, and, I, and obviously I remember watching Callum as a player. Um, I, you know, I thought he was. I thought he was a, a like a very nice, very nice, very nice lad on the pitch and off the pitch. And I think sometimes watching that tackle as well and seeing it as a as 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 a player, next player, you don't expect it. And I think maybe as a referee as well, you know what I mean? Because you you know him as a as, as a player, very quiet. You know what I mean? Didn't really didn't really get involved in all that all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And, and with it being out of character, those those kind of things happen. And and I'll probably refer it a similar thing about. Um, the Dale Fry one sometimes just things just happen on the pitch where you just you just out of your control and there's no VAR like you just said same as a championship no VAR I know we're going back in generations but it's mm. it's it's just it was just one of those things and you know I mean I was so shocked when I saw that tackle because it probably was you just said that it was one of the worst tackles uh, probably in the last in, in Premier League history you know what I mean it was it was up there with one of the really bad ones um, but it was so out of character for an iPhone because it was such a, it's such a he couldn't tackle Callum. Callum was one of those players we couldn't tackle, and I think that's what it, where it made it made it look that bad. Um, you just reminded me of a question I wanted to ask, uh, which was, uh, what was Paul Scholes like to referee? Uh, obviously, a phenomenal footballer, one of the most uh, gifted footballers I think the Premier League's ever seen. But um, I always got the impression that he was very difficult to referee because he was quite sneaky. In his tackling and the way he went about his business, he was quite nasty, but like without people realizing. 
What was that like as a referee? Sorry, sorry, you're breaking up. Uh, I was just asking about Paul Paul Scholes, really. What was he like to uh, referee? Uh, he always Paul, seemed to me like he was quite naughty. Was that a bit, uh... just Paul Scholes? Yeah, yeah. Paul Scholes? Yeah. Hey, listen, you know what you... I mean, listen, it was a tough tackler, Scholes, in as I said before, you all... You know, you, it was you know, great chat on the field, great with him, and you always had you know, be up, up behind him and tell him to take it easy and... Um, but you knew what you were going to get from Paul. He wouldn't do anything behind your back. If he wanted to go and put in a tough, tough reckless challenge, you'd do it in front of you. <laughs> and so he, he was, I think every team would like a Paul Scholes in, 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 yeah. in, in their side. And um, mm. listen, he was, he was tenacious, he was, but he was a great player as well. But, had, you know, good, good rapport with him. Great. I, I had a great relationship with most players. players knew who I was. And um, I mean, I loved I loved refereeing every player, you know, because I I got on well with all the players. And yeah, listen, as I said, they knew what they were getting from me, and and and, um, and I treated them like they were humans, that like they they were men, not not all children, and not not you know not coming too aggressive with them like, like we do see some some sometimes today where referees are, are just too aggressive with, with they just just don't give them the time of day, and their body language says everything about you know the way their 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 demeanour and the way they're yeah. they're conducting themselves on the field of play. I totally yeah, agree. Almost, I totally agree. They almost seem like they don't want the players to speak, don't they? It's like they're kind of like, no, this is the school teacher. Like a, like yeah. like a, like a, yeah. Yeah, like a school teacher sort of. Yeah, and and, and, and it's talking down to people. It's a, it's a mutual yeah. respect and and referees. I remember that the, the best ones is, is is when you're when you're irate and the best ones are the ones who can talk you down. Talk you down, calm you down, and get you back in the zone, and get you back to go and play football. Because the the the, the longer and the and uh, and the, and the the higher at that level you are, the worse the game's going to be for everybody. The worst you're not going to you're not going to stay on the pitch. You're either going to get yeah. sent off, you're going to get substituted. Yeah. So the referees doing you a favour. The best referees are the ones who kept those players on the pitch, back doing the things that they enjoy, and 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 back just playing football. The, the 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 worst referees are the ones now where you can see the players chipping away. You know what I mean? The the Wayne Rooney sort of speak who just gets annoyed and annoyed and annoyed and worse and worse and worse. Mm. And all of a sudden, does something stupid, red card, and but you can see it coming a mile off because the referees are, are getting involved in things they shouldn't. The players aren't helping themselves and doing the same things. And there's not enough. No, I mean, you spoke no. about it at the start. There's not enough relationship, good relationship between players and, and referees anymore at all. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, last couple of questions then. Uh, Andy's dad asked, uh, My dad legend. what was your most difficult relationship with a manager? With who? Uh, with a manager. Relationship with managers? Yeah, what was most difficult? Um, listen, uh, as I said before, um, I, I, I'm with, with, with most of the managers. It's, listen, there were times there were there, there were there were there were games where we'd agree to disagree and they would come banging banging on my door, um, you know. So and yet you you just you just have to ask them um, honestly and and you, you tell them why 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 you gave action. I always remember um, Mike Noble and John Roms when they were uh, sorry not Villa um, and I was refereeing at the Etihad and uh, Villa were, I think Villa went one nil up. And also, and then I, I gave a penalty against um, the, the Villa goalkeeper. Come out and just, just smashed into one of the City players, and it was just before time. 
And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking, oh, them two are going to be waiting for me. <laughs> Neil and uh, John Robertson. And um, I always remember walking down at, at the Etihad. I was, you know, referees always come off last, as you know, and there they were, both waiting for me, giving me a right volley of abuse. And obviously, I can't say what. Well, I said, at least it was down, it was down the tunnel, and I just walked, you know, I just ignored and walked off into my dressing room. And um, about five minutes later, there was a on the door, and uh, I said, "Come in." He said, "And I know, come in." It's John Robertson. Said, John, don't come in. There's no need you come in. You're going to get yourself into trouble. You must leave now. I'm going to come in and say, "Just seen in the dressing room at half time," and I like to apologise. It is a definite penalty. So apologies, and 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 out he went. So you know. He, if I hadn't have had that rapport with them, um, listen, allowing them to vent their frustrations, you've got to have to show a little bit of empathy because it is, an, it is a very emotional game at times. And I think, you know, you don't condone what they do, but you've got to, you've got to allow that little that little bit of freedom. As long as they don't cross, they cross that, that line in, in the way they speak to you or the way they abuse you and abuse you. I think you, as a referee, you, you tolerate it. And if you show them that little bit of empathy, then they will always come back and apologise to you if they feel they've, they've been wronged. And uh, I always remember that, that instant where they, you know, he, he had to do see it coming at half-time, apologise. And, you know, you, you, you applaud that. And um, I think that's what's lacking today as well, isn't it? You know, we see... Because I think as a referee, you've got to be approachable. You have to, at the top of the... the no level. You've got to be approachable. If you're not approachable, then you're going to get. You're not going to. Go, you're not going to win the players or the managers over, are you? No. No. No, you're not. It's um, pers- it's like personality isn't it? and being personable and and treating people with respect. I think goes a long way. Um, but even if you disagree. Please with and them, thank on the field of play. I used to say. I used to. You know, I'm back at throw. There, please. Here we go. There, that do. Thank you. Thank you. Way to go, boys. Here we go. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Please. You know, goes yeah. a long, long way. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. 100%. Uh, Andy, then, uh, have you got one final question for Mark? Is there one that sticks out? Have you got one? Um, I just, uh, well, I probably, probably wrote VAR for me. Um, obviously, you said at the start, VAR, no VAR. So why, why, why is VAR so important? And what, what needs changing and done properly, in your view, just to finish the show? Well, I think... I mean, listen. I'm I'm a great fan of the VAR. Um, it, 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 it's simple. The IFAB protocol is there. It's simple. Okay, a clear and obvious error or a serious incident missed is that is when VAR should be getting involved. Obviously, we know offside is factual, but we do have a problem at the moment, as we saw on uh, on with Southampton Villa. There, Southampton's late equaliser for me. That's a goal. Yeah. That, 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 that's a goal. I know it's factual, but if you're looking at an incident, you know, two, three, four, five, six times, and it's taking a couple of minutes, then it's not offside. Um, but going back to you know, clear and obvious, you know, we, we've been seeing the problem, we've been seeing so many inconsistencies, and it seems, I mean, I've been shouting about it all season, it seems like they, they've gone the other way now by. Not getting involved before they were getting involved too, 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 too easy, too many times when it wasn't a clear and obvious error. So I think you know more training and education, 
and I think in, implemented correctly, then it shouldn't be a, it, VAR shouldn't be a problem. And I and I think yeah. we, I think what Sorry, we should yeah. be doing is you know it's like the present these these lines you know these lines they're putting down you know just look at recent one then you look at Southampton and Villa okay he's arm that last season that would have been a goal obviously you can you can score with your armpit in the top of your, your arm now so that's why it was offside last season that would have been that would have been a goal I mean it's a nonsense the offside law that yeah. that's a nonsense handling the ball law station and offside it's a nonsense and he's looking at and I know. Um, Arsene Wenger and Cleaner with the with the IFAB for looking at um, a scenario where if anybody is onside, then it's not offside. And I mm. mean, so you know, in in the MLS set, they use the naked eye. They don't use those lines. If you can't tell in the first replay if he's offside or not, he's onside. And listen, they've been consistent this season with with, with these decisions, but. I don't think it's been thought through properly because before VAR, we always used to give the benefit of the doubt to the attacker. Fans want yeah. to see goals. Players want to see celebrate goals. We're in entertainment business. We want to see goals. We don't want to see goals mm. on Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday or something. Um, we don't want to see goals like that ruled out. And we've seen too many of those ruled out this, this season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, I listen, Mark's made my dad's night just by saying one thing. Me and, me and my dad, every Sunday, we, we put the world to right every Sunday on a, on a Skype call because of what's going on in the world. And, uh, and my dad didn't shut up this week about, um, about these daft lines on football and about, yeah. about VAR. All he was going about was these lines. These blue and red lines are doing me head in. He was just, talking, he was just about these blue and red lines. And Mark now just... Mark will be my dad's new hero. He's just he's a new hero now, just by talking about these lines. Because um, and this is what it is. These lines are so confusing because I, I, I'm watching the game and and the, and the blue and red lines have nothing to do with each 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 color each t- colors team. I don't know which which lines which from home team and away team. It seems to switch all the time. I just it's so confusing at best, and it's just. I'm just so glad that we've got someone with an expert um, opinion. Well, not just an opinion, expert factual um, now to to help us through it because for me we need more people involved in in referee and in um in the higher echelons of decision making as as mark's got for me it needs it needs to happen more we need we need, we need mark back in football i think we need to start a, a campaign yeah i was just saying uh, just about to say something similar i think um that is bordering on disgraceful that the fa or whoever is not using guys like Mark Halsey to improve the standard of refereeing in the British game because it's not good enough at the moment. And just from listening to Mark for the last hour and 45 minutes, you can tell that Mark would give a phenomenal amount of knowledge and training and help to young referees coming through, which they desperately need if they're going to be up to the standards of all those referees that we talked about earlier. From, from back, you know, a few years yeah. back. Um, what, I can, what I would like to say, uh, Mark, is I'd like to echo uh, everything which people have said in the chat. But first of all, I'd like to tell you that QPR have equalised. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, go on, you! Equalised? Yeah, yeah we well, no. Willock. Yeah. Is it Willock? Go yeah. on, you! Get in there! Oh, Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin Scott. Go on, um, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, Charlie, Charlie's back. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie won, Charlie, Austin. Go on, yours. We've had loads of nice comments, Mark, about uh, your stories and 
and just you know just everything about you being very positive and really knowledgeable um a load of everyone has said please come back on again we've got lots more questions to ask um but yeah i think um this comment from uh martin spate closes us ni nicely it says what a guest and an inspiration mark is and i think that is the perfect way totally to agree bang on yourself. bang on and then a load of people have just said getting back on getting back on getting back on bang on but um, bang on. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure, guys. Oh, thanks, Mike. Really appreciate. It. Really, I know you. I know you're a busy man, and uh, with all your commitments and things. But your chat's been insightful, inspiring. Um, I, and I just I listen, and I know I say this week in week out. I'm, I'm a super fan. I'm a football fan. But having people who really appreciate how 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 much they love the game and 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 some of the, the story not all stories are true but the the stories about 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 players managers fans other referees it's just it's amazing and um and somebody says it i don't know if you do it but i don't know if you do the after dinner speaking but if you don't get in touch with jeff and, and get on it because just you, the way you the way you come across and the, the way you do it is just absolutely phenomenal love it absolutely amazing absolutely um as ever massive thank you to black diamond sports Big thank you to Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the show. Uh, I urge you all to check out uh, Bespoke Financial and uh, check out that offer. They're giving away a free will worth £140 at the moment with all new policies taken out. And the way the world is at the moment, I think we could all do with that extra bit of uh, security. But um, in the meantime, we'll be back on Friday for the championship show, 7pm. And uh, I spoke to a certain Mr. Kevin McNaughton. And we're doing Super Kevin scripted straight after the championship show on Friday. So uh, it's going to be a good one. Friday night will be a fun fun night uh, on Ace Podcast Nation. So I hope you'll all join us. But um, as ever, Andy, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Oh, it's been amazing. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Really, really. I just, yeah, super fun. Doesn't cover it. Really appreciate yeah, Mark's man. time. And, I've had a, and, some, and thank you for everybody who put questions in. I know we didn't probably cover them all. Um, but uh, absolutely amazing the the, the show and the uh, the show and the and, and the channel's gone from strength to strength. Absolutely, and uh, Mark, as ever, thank you again for uh, for your time. Uh, it's really really appreciated. Join us Friday for the championship yep. show, and uh, we'll be back soon. Thank you again, uh, and I'll try and find my clips so I can actually close the show. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick. Then we'd get enough money to take care of us, and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner.
Social Podcast Network.